Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Now let's face it, this bald idiot really isn't best positioned to determine that which is and is not cool. But there are certain pro wrestlers who simply are and are not. So here are just a few examples of those who tried their bloody best to come across as cool at one point or another, but unfortunately ended up looking like a bit of a tit in the end. Hi, I'm Gareth here from What Culture Wrestling, and here are 10 embarrassing times wrestlers tried to look cool. Number 10, Stephanie McMahon wears a Kangol hat. Yes, maybe Stephanie McMahon knew what she was doing in 2001. Maybe a shred of self-awareness drove her to wear a leather Kangol hat emblazoned with the ECW logo. But if WWE truly was self-aware, they'd have actually cared about what its audience thought about the invasion angle in the first place. They might have realized that there was more money in positioning ECW and WCW as, you know, threats. If Steph herself had an ounce of this human quality, she probably wouldn't have compared the 9-11 terrorists attacks to her father's indictment. The leather Kangol hat, therefore, was not heat. It was something Stephanie McMahon wore to look cool, perhaps after first learning of the existence of MTV2. Her aesthetic was so painfully try-hard for what was cool at the time, that it's a miracle she didn't tell you effers to get up and get down with the sickness. Number 9, and so does Triple H. More evidence in the Stephanie McMahon wasn't being self-aware file, is that were she actually wearing a Kangol to make herself look cringe on purpose, she'd have had to acknowledge that her husband looked cringe by accident two years earlier. Darling, you looked a right idiot with that hat on when you were trying to get over as a main eventer. Can I use that to look like an idiot? Triple H eventually got it, or was given it, four or so years after making his WWF debut. At the turn of the millennium, Triple H was finally undeniable as an elite-tier wrestler. The embryonic game character was fatally try-hard, though. And with his Kangol hat and hippie-adjacent shades, he didn't know which generation of cool person person to look like. The franchise uh, instead tried very hard to look like them all. And with that in mind, what's your favourite phase of the game's WWE career? Are you actually a Kangol lover? Well, let me know in the comment section down below. Number 8, Just Incredible's Weird Snarl Thing. There's an asterisk next to this entry, because it's not entirely clear whether Just Incredible recognised his inherent cringe and used it for heat. Was he trying to look cool, or did he know that lounging snarl thing he did was actually detestable? As a member of the risable X-Factor stable, Credible made his entrance to the ring with his mouth dropped open, positively radiating douchebag energy. It was as if he was too cool to even close his damn mouth. He leaned to the side as if recalling that a teacher once told him to stand up straight, emoting, no you in square, I will not because you're the establishment, bitch. To answer those questions, context must be considered. 2001 was a different time to 2023. New metal was a fashionable music genre coming across
across as the most insufferable a-hole imaginable wasn't just a popular thing to do, everybody did it. The baby faces and the heels alike. 2001 was the peak or the nadir of the cool heel era. On that basis, Credible thought he was the dog's bollocks as opposed to dog crap. Number 7, Roman Reigns for virtually all of 2015. Roman Reigns is cool now. The head of the table is a tremendous act. And even if you can't get jazzed by WWE's creaking standstill promo heavy format, that has to be acknowledged. He has developed a menacing superstar aura, and he is as unsettling as he is badass with his facial expressions. Roman Reigns was not cool in 2015 though, not at all. Roman Reigns was not cool because he was instructed to emulate a gurning children's clothing line baron in John Cena. This manifested variously as Roman reciting fairy tales and winking to the camera after nailing what was literally the most embarrassing line of dialogue in professional wrestling history, which is rather like a vet saying, we're after putting down a cat. He actually did something like weather when trying to pin. He did the radical hang 10 sign and head banged a bit because Michael Hayes probably produced the match thinking Roman would get over as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Tribal Chief. Number six, Seth Rollins tries to own the room. Years and years after The Rock first got over as a trash talking phenomenon, so funny that he effectively doubled as a stand-up comedian, his timing was incredible. The best material was delightfully cruel and his supernatural presence was so powerful that he could get just about any stuff over. Now, because Rock was so great, WWE has for years imposed this promo style on virtually every top babyface. It is rancid. In 2019, Rollins was the latest uncool man WWE tried to make cool. And building his match with Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, he referred to his opponent as a real Godzilla-looking bastard, if you ask me, complete with an impression of a caveman. This, this right here, was harrowing. Far, far superior in the heel role, Rollins was so dire in his attempts to own the room as an easygoing babyface that he had to turn heel later that very year. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. 
Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Number five, Vince Russo in general. Vince Russo is a man who walked around the WCW locker room with a baseball bat, thinking he was the hardest guy in the building, who got up in the face of Goldberg and generally adopted the snarling disposition of a street tough at all times. He was even funnier in TNA. If you watch his various returns and early big angles, you will marvel at the deafening volume at which he instructed poor Mike Tanay to say the S-word. Holy sh- it's Vince Russo, Tanay once screamed, in a tone that would adequately have captured the seismic shock of seeing Jesus Christ of Nazareth in the flesh. Russo himself was fond of saying the word himself, of course, because he was primarily interested in coming across as the most dangerous and controversial edgelord of all time. Number 4. Jeff Jarrett joins the Bullet Club The Bullet Club were a legitimately cool and youthful unit, a major factor behind New Japan's awesome resurgence in the 2010s. The premise behind the stable was a masterstroke. Years and years after the foreign wrestler was no longer a received by Japanese fans as a heel by default, Gado sensed that a return to this archetype would sting all the more following their acceptance. That it did. The stable was so over as a gang of cheating a-holes that the office was bombarded with complaints. Prince Devitt was cool as the frontman's state-of-the-art worker. His successor as the top star, AJ Styles, hadn't yet grown out of his soccer mom hair. In the background, Tamatonga was a smirking disturber, Bad Luck Fale looked like a level boss, and Gallows and Anderson were super animated heat machine bruisers. It was never too cool. The wonderful obnoxiousness of the Young Bucks assured that. Jeff Jarrett, who briefly joined the stable as part of Global Force Wrestling's inexplicable working agreement with New Japan Pro Wrestling, was not cool. He was your dad, and he did not grasp that if you're not going to age gracefully in pro wrestling, the least you can do is execute a little Canadian destroyer. But no, he just smashed guitars over people's heads and thought he was 28. Number 3, 123Kid is better than expert. Your periodic reminder that the 123 Kid was amazing. And it's a shame that the performer is more synonymous with the X Pac gimmick, because X Pac is synonymous with a once great worker feeling two years out of date. As X Pac, Sean Waltman was still a dynamo between the ropes, and his brand of edgy humor was a perfect fit for the day. But that day has aged horrendously. To wit, X Pac playing the hard man trash talker in 1998 wasn't particularly convincing in the role, but it was cool that he smoked such copious amounts of weed. That was the standard back then. Armed with this knowledge, X-Pac was fond of saying, your ass is grass and I'm gonna smoke it. Like a dorm room poster transmogrified into a professional wrestler. Ass and grass rind, you see? Which was sufficiently cool enough to forget about the suboptimal mental image. Number 2, the click girlful geezer at Raw 25. For years, the various DX and or NWO reunions had developed something of an F-off quality. Yes, good, gang up on the emerging mid-card heel of the day. I give him an ass kicking masquerading as the rub. Didn't you all sell a lot of t-shirts in the boom period? Capital, well done. The TV ratings tended to climb for a one-week injection, which was rather undermined when the same people did not tune in to watch the regular schmucks the next week. Probably because the audience had just watched them get beat up. This development reached an idea at Raw 25, the event at which WWE killed nostalgia as much as credibility. This was somehow worse than Triple H and the gang beating on the square, because by aligning with 
WWE's version of the Bullet Club. It was as if the lads of the 90s felt they were still as cool and relevant. They were not. They were old, established men desperately trying to take credit for a movement they had zero idea how to rip off, much less create. Number 1. Sheamus regrettably does look stupid. God bless Sheamus, man. 14 years into his run with the biggest promotion on the planet, he's still producing the highly physical goods and occasionally blowing the roof off of buildings around the globe. WWE does not deserve him, to be honest. And maybe we don't either, because we all told him he looked stupid in 2015. And to be fair, he did, didn't he? People always look weird when they get a new radical haircut, and Sheamus got about seven new haircuts at once with his mohawk and braided beard. The sad thing is that you knew what he was going for. With the new look, he wished to disassociate himself from his good, not great, world title run years. But he developed a new, even worse stigma immediately. That fedora and suspenders look, though, ugh. Banger. And that's our anything but cool list. Know of any other embarrassing times wrestlers try to look cool? Well, let us know all about them in the comments section right down below. And don't forget to like, share, and click on that subscribe button while you're down there. Also, if you're into this cringy stuff, then please head on over to whatculture.com and find some more fantastic articles just like the one this video you're watching right now is based on. I've been the never cool Gareth from What Culture Wrestling. Cheers for watching this video today, and hopefully we'll see you again very soon. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.